Welcome back to the Bitter Jurors podcast. We are a queer, I'm just doing staccato. Uh, we're doing, we're a queer survivor super fan podcast. Uh, I, we're here talking Survivor 44, episode 10, double, double digits now. Um, my name is Sam Stanish. Uh, that's it. That's all for me. Um, I, and I have two amazing, wonderful, lovely co-hosts and it is always very telling who I decide to introduce first. I mean, if I introduce you first, I'm less mad at you than if one I do second. Uh, and so with me as always, and I'm only less mad because she volunteered to edit this episode. It's Christine Fallon. I thought I was going to be in uh, hot water because I was late today. So my parents you really had saved to call yourself. Me. I know. I was like, got to do an active service here. <laughs> um, and then our other wonderful, perfect, amazing co-host, who I am not mad at at all, is Derek Reining. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm perfect. Why would you ever say that? <sighs> I feel like oh it's God. fun when we start off the episode already agitated with each other. And so I'm just trying to ramp that up to 30 today. That's totally fair. Um, okay. I, I've been hyping it up all season long. If you are in the New York area, our guest today hosts an incredible Survivor Watch Party every single freaking Wednesday at Crystal Lake in Williamsburg. Doors 7, Show 8, Obby. Uh, and I help produce, and he's one of the most notorious Survivor superfan tweeters on the internet, uh, hilarious writer, and very funny comedian. He is my boss, Gabe Bergato. Hello. I don't know if I, um, I love being, um, adjective notorious as a, um, you know, adjective. Um, I'm so excited Infamous. to be back. Um, I feel like the last time... I was here was for was it for 43 or 42? I can't remember, but in our Twitter DM, the last one I sent you was for 42, but I would believe it if someone told me you were on an episode of 43. <laughs> it was the last, the last, the last episode or something. <laughs> Gabe, what's going on? What have you been thinking about the season? Season 44, we're coming down to the end. Um, I've been liking it so far. I'm I this episode obviously you know really we're in the trenches um but overall very excited to see how the end game shakes out um the stats for this episode are wild like i like everyone was like this is the first time in forever that there's a tribal where everyone has voted and there hasn't been a advantage or idol played um so yeah so it's been really cool also to see franny be a challenge beast and then unfortunately that might have led to her demise slash leading to her fun times in Ponderosa. They hate <laughs> yeah. to see a I woman think she won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, they were haters out there. I feel like this is the season is like everyone's getting voted out because everyone else just turns into a hater for that week. Like Kane breathed and they're like, you are too strategic. You have to go. I mean, and the editors are it, like embracing the hating this season. I feel like with all like the dunking they're doing on people, like even yeah. this episode, Jamie, like the fading idol text, the fake idol text, that so she's so Oof. sad. They're just like this whole episode was just hating from the players to each other. The editors hating on Jamie. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely the vibe of Forty Four, and I love it. You can't spell immunity without my nut. <laughs> 
Oh. You know what? <laughs> you are not wrong. That's, that's Jeff's that was that's Jeff getting funding for 45 with the <laughs> CBS execs. <laughs> Jesus. My God. What <laughs> who's not? Well, there's only been one immunity beast so far in the season. Oh, okay. Mm. That's fair. Um who oh yeah, Miss Miss Carson was the winner this season or this episode, right? I was just trying to figure out like who even won immunity. Oh yeah, I blocked that out. I did it wasn't <laughs> Franny, did. so I was like, I do not care. I was like, oh, it's not Franny. All right, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, literally I think I probably went to like go make myself like a drink or something, like when she was done. Gabe, what do you think about the 3D printing gate uh, of Survivor 44? Feels like it comes up every episode now. Getting right into the discourse. Yeah, I think obviously I can't fault the twink for studying because, you know, <laughs> I support studying, but it is just, I feel like, a, a snafu on the production's fault, you know? Like, it's just not fun in that regard, but it kind of is what it is. And hope, like, and like, I mean, it is wild that they haven't even just started selling their own puzzles as like, a way to monetize. Um, they're like all these 3D printers out here make the money off of it. But never know. Might be added to the CBS store this week. I yeah, really could give see that. Jeff, any ideas? He's already got like sorry for you tank tops in there. Like he'll put anything in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's definitely like it's unfortunate like it's unfortunate that it's happening but it's not Carson's fault I think the people who are like yeah. clowning on Carson like yeah like it's funny to make jokes about it but it's like he's like a young guy playing a game for so much money like of like a fucking course you're gonna do everything you can but it's just so goofy that like you can predict what challenges will happen in every season now um it just say like it, it gets back to like everything being just so formulaic uh with the new era while also like making it sound like it's so unpredictable and crazy and risky <laughs> and i don't think he's like he hasn't revealed to his um uh, like to everyone else that he has been studying no. right like so he's been so smart about like managing his threat level i think carson's playing an amazing game right now mm-hmm. um and I really respect the studying because then, well, who was it? Matt was like literally out of himself at like that first, like one of those first challenges, being like, "I've been studying this puzzle for four, like for four years," and I'm like, "Not the vibe, dude." Yeah, Matthew <laughs> was like, "I built this in my backyard." Like it wasn't even three D printing; it was like he had the whole like snake slithery ball rope course thing up in his house. It's like, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. I like so I'm sorry, but nerd phobia will always be central to Survivor. Like that's just never gonna go away, and I think you have to play around that. That's so what happened. To, it's actually this episode was a disgusting act of nerd phobia taking out Franny. Literally, remember when that was an actual um, discourse about uh, Aubrey? Why Aubrey lost? <laughs> was that I was like yes. out because I like watched Survivor up in the years of villains got dipped out, forgot it existed, and then came back. So I missed the original discourse. Was that really, like, it's because she's least, a nerd? At least on yes. Tumblr, I remember people, like, genuinely suggesting that the only reason that um, Michelle won over Aubrey was because of misogyny, because Aubrey is uh, the more nerd, less traditionally feminine than Michelle. So Girls, the misogyny's coming from inside the house, like... There was, like, a weird <laughs> feedback, like, a weird, like... A fish hook theory of like femininity, and that's why Michelle won. <laughs> like, like, here's what? how a woman winning Survivor is misogynist. <laughs> that is literally what they were saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> incredible. What a fun time for everyone. And we're still feeling those reverberations today. Honestly, 
um their impact i was just thinking earlier it's like I, it is just very funny how badly Michelle and then like Adam, I guess, winning broke <laughs> Jeff's brain. <laughs> like yeah. to have it not be Aubrey and then David, he's like needed to change the entire world. <laughs> he short circuited for real. Mm-hmm. Um, on Carson winning, I, I rewatched the episode this morning and I didn't notice it when we were watching the first time. But uh, like after. Carson gets the immunity necklace and Jeff puts it around his neck. Jeff like fist punches yeah. on Carson's shoulder like I'm proud of you and then Carson thinks that Jeff is trying to like fist bump him. So Carson puts his fist up and then Jeff like goes up and like does fist bump him but it was very funny like the, the mistake. <laughs> Carson was like oh cool. <laughs> Jeff loves me. <laughs> yeah, Which I'm sure he does. Are y'all the people that if you were ever on it and you want immunity, would you want a hug from Jeff Probst? Absolutely not. I wouldn't want to be around people. I know I would smell awful. So I'm just like, please, like, please don't get near me. I probably smell horrendous right now. Um, I also would never, I definitely don't want to be the person who's like, no, don't take it off of me, Jeff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it's so, it's so cringe and so embarrassing. Like, <laughs> but I kind of love it when it's like, oh, no. Oh, if- oh, oh, oh. <laughs> if Jeff Ropes was putting the necklace on me, I would kneel. Oh my god. No. I would just like not even look, not even acknowledge Jeffrey. Like he had nothing to do with my victory. So like he's just there to place it on me and then we're done. This or I'd even give him the satisfaction. Mm-mm. I'd make him come over to where I'm standing and then take it from his hand and be like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff like- is the enemy. <laughs> You have this in silver, like, um, <laughs> yeah. I do love that the the necklaces are less appropriate of now. Now you know now they're just marketing for Dungeons and Dragons, which is great. <laughs> I can't wait to see what movie is the next theme. Barbie, it's got to be Barbie, right? Barbie, oh, it's the summer of Barbie. That would be wild. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine like, showing up to the Survivor and it's Barbie themed. I please I really do need I feel like that was always something people were trying to push like these like sort of like marketing tie-in seasons of Survivor mm-hmm. and I say why not now let's just do it certainly someone somewhere is doing a Barbie like Survivor org this summer so like you know the real story they can just pick and choose their little thing twists from that and they don't even have to do any work they can Actually. just sorry go ahead no, I was just they can just like insert all the cast photos into like the Barbie meme generator. Like it's so like it's so uh, those, easy. Wow, the marketing writes itself. CBS, you can do this. Actually, um, Greta Gerwig is is organizing the org. Yeah, <laughs> Greta Gerwig herself. The movie is actually just they sh- the actors showed up. <laughs> it's a game of Survivor. <laughs> I would really love to see like Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling play Survivor. Mm. But dressed as Barbie and Ken, like that would in be character, in character. <laughs> as someone who has hosted an improv Survivor ish with characters, it can be very fun, but also still somehow equally as messy and personal, <laughs> which is great. Games get personal. I yeah, you know there are still uh, rifts in the world from orgs that have happened years and years ago. We're st- the ramifications. The international implications that that has. Well, our org queen, Carolyn, is back in the limelight. I feel like she had a few quiet episodes. <laughs> and she's and she, ready for revenge. She is. She was out here. She probably felt the nerved phobia. Like, her bestie, Franny, is gone. Like, I felt so bad for her. 
This was something I was really interested to see how it played out because Carolyn just always picks someone that she just decides to protect with all of her being. Um, and I was just so excited to see who it was this season. I'm so glad it was like Franny. That was like, I thought it was going to be Carson early on that she was going to like really want to protect Carson. Um, but Carson's now enemy number one, apparently. Um, to Carolyn, she's like, I want that twink obliterated. Um, <laughs> no, I love the, the Franny Carolyn relationship that's developed over the past couple episodes. I do, I do like that they put, they're putting the time into like, they put a little, at least a little bit of time in the past couple episodes to build that up because then that made this this vote was like, it kind, it made so much sense that Franny went like, but we're still like leaving with like not just like Franny being gone, but like this like threat that's gonna continue to the next episode of Carolyn getting revenge or like who the hell voted for Franny? <laughs> um, and it's just we we mentioned that it just feels rare now that they have storylines that go from like episode to episode. <laughs> Um, and it's sad that it's because Franny's leaving, but I'm pleased that like, okay, this is like, we're not going to just forget that they were close. <laughs> I agree. I saw someone say that like their relationship came out of nowhere, but I really, like, that's just not true. Like it didn't, it, it didn't just suddenly pop up in this episode. Just like, even if it was maybe just last episode where Carolyn and Fran, Carolyn had her scene where she was talking about her story with addiction. And then Franny had like a whole confessional about how much she respects Carolyn and wants to get to know her and be more like her. Yeah, like it was a, it's not a season long thing because they've just met a few days ago, but they, you know, it made sense this episode why they both felt connected and we understood why Franny picked her um, and we understood why Carolyn felt so indebted to her because like she picked her for this special reward and they've clearly been connecting more off screen. Um, yeah, I was, that was, I really love this episode. This was I, maybe my favorite of the season. I don't know. And just in terms of the, the setup, all the miscommunications, which I'm excited to talk about. Um, but just like Franny's exit had emotional weight beyond just Franny leaving. Mm -hmm. I mean, we keep talking about the impact of things and I, I feel like we will feel it. Like there's actually a storyline going on here. I also, they, it felt, I can't remember what it usually sounds like, but when Franny gets voted out, they play like very distinct special music. <laughs> you call uh, it the Enya hero music. In the that's movie. what it sounds like. Uh, like I, I, it, it's like, ah. <laughs> well, isn't it always, it's like the final eight vote now. Always, it's like the, it's the Shantham remix. Um, yeah. Shantham Weirdly. preclude or whatever the music term is. <laughs> <laughs> no, would it be a refrain? What is reprise, it? Reprise, reprise. Yes, a, a requiem for Shantham. <laughs> what? I wait, mean, wait, what is that? A requiem for a dream? I'm just saying things right now. I like requiem. <laughs> that was like <laughs> requiem for a queen. I think is what it would mm. actually be in this case. You know, I mean, that's fierce that they're like just developing this musical language for based on Shan, as they should. She should just like her presence should permeate the show forever and always but yeah the final eight is becoming the and and i know that people on this call don't really watch big brother canada but for the first many years the final four boot was like a legend like every single time it was like oh my god like that was the bet like we loved her like that kind of thing um up until someone's was eliminated at final four who was horrible and boring but um you know, now it's sort of final eight. We've got Shan and Hi and Noel and now Franny. Like season forty-five has a lot to live up to when it comes to the eighth place person. You know. Yeah, I feel like if um final four is the as the um fallen angel, this is like the fallen baddie. 
though. <laughs> we are losing one of our girls. Always, yeah. finally. He's fallen girly. Yeah. <laughs> girly um, boots down bad. Diva down. Diva down. <laughs> down <laughs> imagine explaining. Imagine like listening to that. This like that reference and no like. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> just being straight, like to Jeff, like in the you moment, like, oh, diva down, Jeff, and Jeff just like having a like a weird moment. I want to hear Jeff say something really ridiculous and gay, like hunty or I don't know. Something. Bye, Felicia. But yeah, but, I mean that was. Like when... <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Yeah, like... that was. I think maybe the closest we'll get for a little bit. Like at some point, some like Zoomer gay is gonna get on and say something, and Jeff's gonna be like. Wow, what was that? Wow, like, and then just skip, say, say it like three times. Like, He'll turn it around mid season and make it into a millennial versus Gen Z season. Like, not yeah. that wasn't even the plan, but suddenly he's like tossing out new buffs. He's like, We're doing this, we're doing this. Well, I want to get on and um and take back Slay from Coach. I don't think that really like Slay has only been using canon in terms of taking down the dragon, uh, the dragon slayer or whatnot. We need I know to, we he, need to reclaim it. Yeah, he took it from us. He had slay and drag. It's like how has <laughs> no one else been? Never forget what they took from you. <laughs> Honestly, the go. No, I was going to just have to give something. I was just quickly, quickly hearing drag and coach. Now I do want to see now drag king do a coach number. I feel mm. like that would be sign me up. Yes, sign me up. <laughs> the story of him getting his hole eaten. Oh no! Just doing like a drag number to his whole exile experience. Um, I think there's something there. And you could you could work in you could uh, drop in the clip every once in a while throughout of Aaron going, "Who is this jackass?" (laughs) And it like remixes and it like builds. Could be good. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be good. I mean, we're talking all about boots down, divas, queens, like. I would can we talk about Jamie because uh, this was mm-hmm. one of the funniest episodes I think in a long time for me in terms of um one of my favorite things of Survivor which is just people just not believing each other and miscommunicating um this was just deeply funny I I did joke that this vote kind of felt like an org um like and I don't want to keep bringing up orgs but it did in terms of like people just like not believing each other and voting kind of random like the way the votes turned out are so goofy and God, just and the whole storyline of Jamie just telling the truth, like truth will set you free and no one believing her. <laughs> and then very... Heidi having the same thing happen to her was just so funny. And I mean, we can, well, let, I just want to say like, could not believe that after the entire episode, Heidi actually did vote for Danny. Like, <laughs> like, that wasn't the most unexpected thing. But Jamie, like, said it, like, telling every single person that she doesn't have her idol anymore. And it wasn't even a real idol in the first place. But nobody knows that. But nobody even believes her that she doesn't have it anymore. Is <laughs> just like it's perfect. But it actually goes along with the larger theme of this season of women saying things and men not listening to them. <laughs> like Carolyn and Franny have both dealt with this, and now it's Jamie's turn. Yeah, I mean to be fair, like the way Jamie's going about it is very like how I am when I'm playing any of those like mafia werewolf <laughs> guys i swear i'm gonna bring it up again i don't have an idol <laughs> like it's like oh, it's okay um love her forever love you slay me um, <laughs> <laughs> um also, the way that she also went to get like um like confirmation from kane and then it cut to him just like so that was, cool. insane. That 
that was insane. You're like, what did they expect him to be like? Yeah, I have. Like a right pain, (laughs) and he like just lifts it up. Like, oh my god, I love that for her. Like, honestly, (laughs) like there's no where in the rules does it say you can't ask someone a question on the jury? Yeah, it just says like I know the jury. He was clearly told like if Jamie asks you something, do not flinch. But like it was worth a try, Mamas. No, when she announced it at tribal, it was like it's just like God. It definitely hurt her case that knowledge and power wasn't in play. <laughs> Cause that that was like the part I think people were like, well, it's not even no one has 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 it. Like why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Um and it's just on the one hand, it, I, it gets back to my frustration about like the presence of all these advantages make people play the games more like stupidly by like doing things like shuffling around advantages unnecessarily but it did lead to this very very funny situation um so i can't completely hate it but and yeah, just, it's turning around on heidi too i just couldn't get enough <laughs> well now i'm curious if would knowledge's power work on a fake idol i yes because if, I, if you didn't know that it was real you'd be like i do have an idol Here i guess you, you, would, yeah, would you would hand it but then well would it be like you hand it over but then like would you would the knowledge's power like actually not be mm. used up like, this is so stupid i hate that this is something we have to even think about <laughs> no because like even when the knowledge power didn't take anything they still didn't have they did like they got rid of it it went so, away like, yeah yeah um i like i did love with the jamie reveal thing that it happened in like three different waves where like while everybody was at the sanctuary she was like it, it even kind of started earlier when carson was like just so you know, like Kane told everyone that you <laughs> have an idol. She's like, oh my God, I don't. Like, and but then Carson's like, it was me. I told everyone. But then, like, okay, everyone's at the sanctuary, and Jamie's like, just by the way, I had an idol, but I don't anymore. And nobody believes her. And then, like, when they get back from the sanctuary, Jamie's confessional is like, I woke up at the crack of dawn ready to tell these girls that I don't have my idol anymore. And so she does that. And then Franny and Carolyn are like, that's not true. And then, like, then at Tribal, Jamie's like, and it's sort of like when you find an immunity idol, but you don't have one anymore, like me. And then, like, in front of everybody, and everybody is still like, yeah, we don't know if that's true. I believe Slay Me, always. Um, yeah, the, that's, I'm just like, knowledge is power. Mm, I'm glad it's not here, because... I don't know. It just is not a good idea. But it would be funny to see how it interacts with like these weird fake idols. Could you be like like if you're in possession of a real one and a fake one, could you give the fake one instead? Like it's strange. I don't think that knowledge's power is about like based on the groundwork we have laid over the past 30 seasons of survivor advantages, like an advantage that steals other advantages is not a bad idea. Um, I do think I don't like necessarily the one that Sarah had where she yeah. could like <laughs> absorb everyone's advantages that were played. That seems powerful, but I don't know. I guess I'm kind of like whatever at this point. I've just been so <laughs> worn down by my disappointment. Um, and but yeah, yes, that's all that's my thoughts. <laughs> I think someone should be like, um, the, the medallion of power is back in play. <laughs> It's just like out there somewhere randomly. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you, speaking of divas down, hopefully oh, no. Christine rejoins us. Christine's <laughs> um, now in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, <laughs> she's dipped out. Um, but yeah, this was um, a very good Carolyn episode. Um, speaking of women who are not being believed. <laughs> um, 
yeah, Carol. I mean, Carolyn main. I mean, really started to shine this episode when she got picked to go on the reward. The reward challenge was really like good. less than five minutes. They like <laughs> just like eight again, um, which we're proud of her. Yes. Uh, but then, like she said, mothers to me and <laughs> picked Carolyn and Heidi and Lauren to go with her to the sanctuary for the letters. Um, which it was a beautiful scene. I love, I love like family visit stuff on Survivor. Me too. And, you know, crucify me if you must. But uh, <laughs> I like the scenes. Me too. I I love family visit stuff. Um, I we can talk more about uh things in edgic edgic time in terms of the family the family letter thing. My my question is always though is like, will we ever get actual family visit visits ever again? I feel like probably not, just to save money. <laughs> I like, am saying it... yes. What Jeff does saying? love it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it? I feel like, like since yeah. Jeff is the number one person in charge, and this is like mm-hmm. one of his favorite things in the entire world, I feel like he will bring it back. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like you're gonna have to pay for your own flights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna, or they're just gonna be like a meal voucher at, for the airport chilies or something. Yes. Oh, how decadent. Um, but it's also, I mean, they could also save money on the challenge by doing the dr- rock draw thing again for the family, <laughs> the Chrissy Hoffbeck rock bag. I just feel like they they spent so much money on Winners at War, like an unbelievable amount of money, just based on. Like the prize payouts and flying so many additional people out to the show, like the island, like they've got money for one person for each person for each yeah. like, member of the. F- Even if they started doing it at like the final five or whatever, like I feel like. Oh, I mean, if they went the Australian Survivor way and just like saved it till final three, that would be ideal. That's all. And it's then we have to have someone bring back an ally instead of a family member. <laughs> I know. Thank you, George, for doing that. I, I just still have not seen the season, but I have seen people post about that. And like, that's he's literally doing what we all say, like we would do as Survivor fans, is he would bring back your bestie from your old season. <laughs> or even the current season. Sha- Shawnee wanted to come from yeah. having her jur- being eliminated from the jury to come and be Liz's loved one. <laughs> and I think they should like Project Runway where I'm. Um, then it's like at a certain challenge, they bring back all the people at Ponderosa and they have to help them at the challenge. Like, I, you know, yeah, you guys people. Yeah. I've, and, and like the, um, there was that drag race one makeover challenge too, where they brought back like the eliminated girlies and like they competed as pairs. Um, I do yes. think that Jeff should not get a Tim Gunn save though. <laughs> if there was a super idol for every alpha man on the show, I think that's too much. Frightful. I mean, he would just save it until the like the end, and just be like, "Actually, you didn't lose fire making." Like, <laughs> we just go again. I guess I don't know. Oof. I the idea of Jeff already has too much power in the show. He needs no more. He needs less even. Um, I agree. I, I would. Yeah, I just worry. Imagine a total authoritarian society where Jeff Probst is it's like RuPaul's Drag Race where Jeff decides who gets eliminated every episode <laughs> imagine RuPaul's Drag Race is what you're just imagine, like what if Survivor's just RuPaul's Drag Race you know I've, I've heard worse ideas for what Survivor could be and I've seen worse ideas like what like the actual Survivor <laughs> the room. <laughs> like the thing we're watching the current format yeah yes <laughs> 
Oh. I think Jeff would have saved Franny this episode. Yeah, he seemed very down with the... He loves the nerds. He's like a big mm-hmm. nerd ally. He definitely is pr- trying to make up for something he probably was like in high school. So now he's like, I'm into nerds. <laughs> well, like, and then his whole speech this episode about you have to go full tilt boogie was really contradicted by Franny going full tilt boogie and all the challenges and then immediately getting eliminated. That was like... That whole like thing was so stupid. It's like, look at the, all the people... Like, the people who have won. It's like... Okay, did Natalie White go full tilt boogie, Jeff? Would you, are you going to make that that case? I would, I would love to hear you make that case because I don't think you'll make that case. I mean, she put, went full tilt when she killed that rat. Oh, yeah. We would all agree she was full tilt all the time. But she tilted the, the the tree down onto the rat. <laughs> uh, okay, but like the full tilt boogie thing that like he he's like, you have to go full tilt boogie. And Freddie and Jam Drummer are like, we don't know what that even means. And then he's like, well, you don't have to call it full tilt boogie. You could call it club condo if you want. It's like, like what? Huh? What are we doing? What's what are we saying? He was that close to actually saying house down boots. You're <laughs> <laughs> we on the I'm trying precipice. to remember. He's like, uh, uh, club condo. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. Jeff is like, you can tell he is, he, uh, what's a similar person? Like Chris Jenner, where he's like, he feels like he's part of the group now, you know, like he like has a rapport with the kids. And now he's like, I'm like, I'm one of the daughters too, right? Like we're all playing Survivor. No, that's so true. And the way he tries to like manage the season by yeah. being like in the full to boogie, he's trying to convince the players to play the way he wants them to play, even though co- that contradicts like so much what we've seen in Survivor. No, I think you're onto something here. He's the momager of the show. He's literally. the DM. <laughs> that's true. Oh my God. Yeah, that's what he's trying to tell us the whole time. Totally. Like the whole- Dungeons and Dragons theme. Do you think they'll keep doing medieval stuff, or are they going to try to switch it up again? I mean, this no. is so random. I don't like. I don't know what the reason was like this. Well, I, I think it like... was it was promo for the movie, <laughs> but then it like fell through. <laughs> they like they do this kind of stuff where like there's a there's not like a theme necessarily, but an aesthetic guide or whatever for all of the seasons. And this one is just like very noticeable compared to like other ones that are sort of more general i guess uh and then this is just very like they really went all in on like remember when jeff said that gargoyle is tribal council it's like they don't usually talk about it <laughs> like what the things look like uh but with this we got the chessboard when carolyn was i think was like oh this is cool like that kind of thing <laughs> it's all very like out in front whereas usually it's sort of more reserved i feel like mm-hmm. jeff is letting loose the next one is gonna be Yahtzee themed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's what's the most insane theme it could be? Candyland. Yes. Okay, I'm down with that. Honestly, like we're we're back to the barbification of the game. Literally, right I just need like I like I need a cardboard cutout of something. They've like already acknowledged the cardboard cutout like Jeff thing. It's just like it needs to like actually invade the show somehow. If they showed up at a tribal and it was Jeff's cardboard cutout instead of Jeff. And it has like a tape recorder mm-hmm. on the back with like his like signature lines and they just press play <laughs> on it. That'd be pretty perfect. Are they there is that... Go ahead. Well, there was that challenge in one world where the players had to do it themselves because Jeff, Jeff was, like, took a sick day. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, it would have really helped if they had had a cardboard cutout of him there. Yeah. And just as like cr- crackly audio from saying "dig woman," 
I would love that. The ideal version of Jeff. He's already two dimensional. Let's just make it. Oh, oh. <laughs> gagged him bad. <laughs> Coming for the girl. Yes, the doll. Um, yeah. So I feel like a, people always make a big deal out, deal out of this when it's like, what is the optimal thing you do when you win a reward? Like that requires you to pick people. Are we of the mind that you should of or of the mindset that you, like you just don't even win these rewards? Yes, I think that's the best. Like the best thing is to just get ta- hope you get taken. Is re- like try to rely on your ability to make connections with people, and because if you don't get taken, then people feel bad for you, and you get to socialize and commiserate, and it's an opportunity to build relationships there. If you do get taken, you get the reward, and you get to build relationships with people who go. But it's just if you're the person who wins, the people who stay are like fuck that hoe. <laughs> or the people who go are like yes queen but they still might vote you out like you know it's it's you're still even by like ingratiating i think Brandy did a really good job at picking the people she picked because i do like they i think to some extent really you know it really meant a lot to them on a personal level um as we saw but like for most of the time like the it's still a game for a million dollars and people are gonna be like okay wow she made a lot of people happy including me She's playing the game. It's just there's no there's no win right. way to win here. Especially since half of the tribe left was left back at camp. So they're all there being like, wow, fuck Franny. We hate Franny. So like all they need is one person who went on the reward to be like, oh, everybody hates Franny now. Sure, I'll flip and vote Franny. Like then Franny's gone. Like it, there's no you just yeah. don't you just don't win. And it's hard. You don't know you didn't know going into this challenge that it was going to be overnight or um, the family letters. So like you can't really falter for winning other than that. You should make, you could maybe say never win a reward. Uh, That's not a team reward, but like. That's silly. And I also think it's just like, well, I don't know. It's also like such a, you never can win in this situation. Even if you like did say like, I'm just going to pick randomly. Like, like even then people will be resentful for like, why didn't you like, well, this person should like deserve to go. You should have just picked them. Like, there's like so many ways in which it just blows back on you. Um, whether that's fair or not is like obviously up for debate. But that's like, I mean, that's the game. Like, it's, it doesn't really matter if it's fair or not. People can use that to get you voted out, and it works consistently. I feel like. <laughs> but I will say, I feel like when you're starving, you're like those tacos. Like, you're like, I feel like in my mind, I'm exactly. like, oh, yeah, I would totally just throw it. So I wouldn't have to even, like, worry about it. But, like, when Diva's down when Diva's down bad, you might want <laughs> some tacos and Margs. I mean, yeah, honestly, it's true. Uh, mm-hmm. especially Margarita. But also, it's like, um, if you're Franny and you're, like, obviously your game is starting to, like, hinge on being a challenge beast, it's like you do need that refueling. So I, I 100% do not think Franny should have thrown the challenge or whatever. It's just, like... Just play playful tilt boogie, as Jeff would say. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's more like there's at at this point in her game, she can just like go all out because people already think of her as a challenge threat. I guess you would want her to like be not winning challenges earlier, but at this point, it is best to go club condo. Yes, but it's like she just lost her like literal number one ally. It's like, why would you not want to win immunity after that happened to you? I don't know. 
and Franny knew she was like, I have to be vulnerable at eight so I can go out in the diva down spot. She knew what she it was doing. It does make sense. It does. Um, yeah, I feel like it's it was a quieter episode for a lot of people too. I feel like we didn't really hear much from Danny, even though he was like an option apparently. <laughs> um, and they made such a big. De- My thing with this episode was like they made such a big deal, like Jamie being a potential target, and then she didn't get any votes. I thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> Yeah, that was really bizarre because if if Jamie had gotten gone out here, this would have been like one of my favorite boots in a really long time, just mm-hmm. from a com- comedic perspective, like of just this poor woman no one believes and she's really getting voted out for absolutely no reason. Um, and so it was just really, that was just very funny that, okay, I don't know if that, maybe that story's going somewhere next episode in the, or into the finale. Uh, but that was a bit, that was a bit of a letdown for me. I like, as my mom said, totally understand the Franny vote. Um, but I, it just like, it was kind of like, oh, it is just going to be Franny after all, which is nothing wrong with having kind of the obvious boot be the one that happens. But there were a couple other, they, they just set up two other fun, such fun, op, like three fun options, like Heidi getting voted out for absolutely no reason, which was <laughs> tragic. Danny getting voted out for ju- completely justified reasons. And Jamie just getting like a railroad. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi yeah. did act shadily though, like I, so. It's not really. For, I understood where Carolyn was coming from, where because Heidi told Carolyn about. The, oh well, let's go back and we'll talk about the Danny <laughs> Heidi thing. Hi, like, yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> Heidi comes back from the re- from the reward and is talking to Danny about who they're gonna vote out, and then he's like, "We're doing Franny, and I don't even need your vote." Right. I mean, and I okay. feel like my, my read on that was like. um I felt like Heidi was communicating something to Carolyn in terms of like, you should be genuinely worried because clearly at least Danny thinks that the votes are there to get rid of you. Um, but like you said, Sam, I do also understand where Carolyn's coming from, where that's like, that comes across as like shady. If you're not just like outright saying that, I feel like Heidi was trying to say that, but didn't say it like well, in the, a way that was like, yeah. It seemed to me that Carolyn's issue with it was that in the retelling of the story, Heidi told Carolyn and Franny that Danny had the votes to get rid of Franny, but she didn't know who he was talking about and like didn't have the names. And Carolyn was like, it's bizarre to me that she would hear that from Danny and not try to fig- like ask him who he had voting for Franny. And so in thinking that through, Carolyn then thought that Heidi like was lying to them because she wasn't giving all of the information that she assumed that she would have in that situation. Right. It just, I mean, like Christine said, this was based on a lot of miscommunication. It's very much giving shoujo like manga, like no one is communicating correctly. Everyone's mishearing everyone. There's lots of bumbling and buffoonery going on. Um, and as we, we live for that. That's why shoujo manga is superior. Definitely. I thought it was fun. I liked the shoujo beat. I like the beat. <laughs> um, yeah. Any other thoughts on this episode? Not edgic wise? Uh, what were we saying? We were talking about. Oh no, we talked about through. Oh, I would I just wanted to say before we were talking about like Jeff loves the nerd thing. I think it's in the evolution of strategy. I think Josh Wigler or Rob Sesternino said this, where like Jeff's perspective of the world is based on '80s movies, and he loves people who fit into the, one of three archetypes, and it's like uh, the he, the the gigantic jock the little nerd and like the femme fatale like sort of poverty girl boss like 
lady. Uh, and I just think that fully tracks throughout everything we've ever seen from Jeff Probst. 100%. It's like his, Jeff's psychology is like, he just puts it out there for us. Like we just fully understand this man. Um, and he's just like a strange little high school, like creature, mythological trickster. <laughs> um, Finally, I did love in the next time on Jamie said that she and Lauren have all the power. So I'm excited uh, for whatever that is. And she, I'm, she, I'm she excited to see how that's possible. <laughs> she accurately predicted that the era of alliances is over. So she's clearly <laughs> also telling the truth here. That is so funny because at the, the beginning of the episode is her being like, my closest ally, Kane, was just voted out. And so then, like, in Jamie's perspective where she Alliances has all of the information and is the most powerful MVP in the entire world, she's like, well, I don't have an ally, so no one has an ally. <laughs> and she's right. Um, no, yeah, I'm excited for next week. Carolyn's going to be pissed. Uh, it's like... Ugh, it's I just hope that Tika's able to get back together again because it's happened before where they were at each other's throats and they came back together. But now it seems like Jam Jam and Carson are really gonna cast her off, which I am oh, sad about. Evil. But I think that their intent with this vote was to like make her rely on them more. So I hope that their goal really is to like bring her closer. People always think that. I feel like that's like people's strategy in Big Brother and Survivor where they're like, well, we'll get rid of their like parachute alliance so that they have to come play with us or whatever. But it's like, no, they're just going to be mad at you for getting rid of their best friend. Exactly. Yeah. It just, it, it makes it hard to read. And like on paper, it sounds like a good idea. Like, oh, they're connected to this other person. Well, they have to go with me. They'll just find other allies. Like, like the enemy of your enemy is your friend. Like, it's just, especially Carolyn of like someone who, um it's clear like she, I, I don't think she made it any secret how much she liked Franny um I think right. it was very obvious to everyone but that it wasn't just like a game thing it was like on a personal level um really liked Franny and I'm curious to see how it turns out for them I, I I don't think the Franny boat was bad because she was a threat um but leaving Carolyn completely out of it I think is gonna have bigger repercussions um for them especially since they don't know she has an idol like Carolyn's got a fucking idol and I again they have no way of knowing that because she hasn't told them they apparently think Sarah left with it um, but I just one of the things where risk and versus reward is of leaving her out of something so big but I mean maybe if they told her she would have played the idol on Franny um, that would have been a if two separate people had played an idol on Franny the, like the two times she wasn't immune would be wild um no yeah and it's weird because it's sort of like a parallel to the beginning of the episode where Franny comes back from tribal and is like Hey, like I would have voted for Kane. Why did no one tell me we were voting for Kane? Yeah, that sorry, backtrack. Freddie had no idea that was happening last episode. That was not clear to me last episode. Right. I mean, it feels very much like what was happening to Michelle and Winners at War, where it's like, I would be down, people. Like it's just people just did not want to play with her because she was too fierce and amazing. So jealousy is a killer. I'm in the um the the mindset that I actually think that like voting on Franny makes sense, but I just don't know why like especially for Carson and Yam Yam, it's like they could have used her as a shield and then also still placate Carolyn and then like no like and then she's such a clear threat that like she's also not gonna win like every single challenge statistically. I would love that obviously but like like odds are like she's gonna like flop at one point or not flop. 
but she'll never flop. But you know, <laughs> lose um, immunity again. So, but alas, I don't know. I just want to see. Yeah. Danny, I just want Danny off my screen. I don't. Uh, yeah. yeah, and the, from the Danny perspective, he had played his idol on Franny, and then two votes later, is like bye. Like it is just like I I get his perspective seeing her as a threat, but when you're it's just playing an idol on someone, you're hoping that's a long term investment. And like it was like he, I get things change. Like clearly he was like fuck Soka. Like I you know I want to play individually now, but I don't think it made a ton of sense for him either to go so so like all in on Franny uh, because like okay then that was kind of pointless. Like you just fought yourself a couple rounds and then this taking out this big threat when he does he have no awareness that people think he's a threat it just didn't make much sense to me yeah i feel like it's just ego on his part it's like i think he like wanted to play the ideal for franny because he like wanted the attention he wanted like the big move Mm. and also now that he's like been losing immunity to her he's like instead of using her as a shield he just can't get over that and then wanted her out of the game so think and he's thinking that he's in a way immunity now and it's like like okay like he has not come close. Well, I guess he's come yeah. close, but like, like not Lauren, even in the conversation. Lawrence beat him. Like Carson beat him at a puzzle this time. Like, like good luck, dude. <laughs> good luck booking that stage you speak of. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Like it's like Fran. There's been four, I think, immunity challenges, and Franny's won two of them. And both of the people who have beat her are still in the game. And in order for Franny to win out for the rest of the game, she would have to win immunity at the final seven, six. Five and then four or win fire making. So like she has to win four That's more challenges happen. to make it no. to the end. It's like I think we're moving too early here. Um, I understand mm-hmm. the need to though, based on I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll introduce a twist at the final five where you don't even get to vote anymore, like that <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so like maybe you do need to start taking out the challenge piece even earlier and earlier, Jeff. Uh bring back the final two. Um, but like She's gonna, it, we just did, you didn't need to get rid of her, especially ba- you just used an idol on her, like Christine said. And she's like, everybody's saying, like, she's this big threat, like, you can always get her. It, but it, it was funny to me, Jam Jam and Carson were like, I, I know everybody wants to get rid of Franny, but we need to get rid of Jamie. She's a huge threat right now. Like, she's like, everybody's so worried about her. The reads, the reads this episode were nuts. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's so funny. The, yeah, JJ being like, well, Jamie's the biggest threat on the island. I was like, yes, she is. She is like, what was her noise with her wand? Like, poop. I don't remember. Bling. <laughs> Bling. Bling. She's manifesting. No, but yeah, the reads were all over the places episode, which I love. I love messy gameplay as much as I love like good gameplay. Um, and I love I loved understanding why the reads were off um in terms of like they all think Jamie's lying. So now that's like made her a much bigger threat. I totally, I totally, we totally, like you said, Sam, we get why Carolyn thought Heidi was being super shady because it was a weird situation. Um, and it led to these bad reads, but like, not like, I don't think they were like stupid reads uh, based on their like understandings of the situations. No, yeah. I love the, I love the, I, I love Survivor. It's so funny because the, they're, they're portraying to, the larger world that Jamie is this like ridiculous human being who like doesn't know what's going on and doesn't understand what like the world is in like like what is actually happening but we are also getting the perspective of the people on the ground who are like she is this huge threat like she like it 
she views herself as this big player and so do other people there but they'll show and like the th like the narrator is like she's she's wild <laughs> <laughs> oh jamie she's just the star i'm i'm really gonna be sad if we ever lose her i hope not i would love it if she made it to the end let us pray we'll we'll bling her there <laughs> bling bling <laughs> <sighs> Any final thoughts before we plug and then do Edric? Anyone? Slay. Yeah, we're, we're going to reclaim Slay. That's our mission um, on Survivor. Hell yes. It's been a good, it's been a good merge so far. Yeah. Like once, yeah. once, once all the bullshit stopped, felt like they gave the people room to play, and it's been like three good episodes in a row. Yes, I agree. And the fact that there's two women with idols that no one else knows... I'm excited. That. That. <laughs> slay. Slay that. Uh Gabe, <laughs> what would you like to plug? Uh anything. Um nothing. You already mentioned the watch parties. Obviously, the finale is coming up. If you want a fun place to watch with screaming Franny Hive energy, <laughs> come through. Period. Derek? Uh, you can follow me at Reindeeriks on Twitter. Follow um, Shadowplay Gaze at twi on Twitter, just like Claire Rafson did. Um, <laughs> things things will happen in the summer. Period. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Xteen underscore Files on Instagram at the Xteen Files. You can read my writing on Inside Survivor with Geo Worthy. Uh, yeah, Shadowplay Gaze. Um, Adjacent the Shadow Play Gaze, me and Audrey C. Whitesides are playing through the Utena Datings, uh, not Dating Sims, more visual novel. Very fun. The third part is out now. So if you like Utena, listen, watch that. If you like weird games, watch that. That's everything I have. <laughs> uh, I'm at Sim Stanish on Instagram. Follow our podcast at Burger's Pod everywhere. Also, leave us a five star review. We haven't gotten one since November. <laughs> so we would love to <laughs> receive reviews um, in a positive way, if that's okay to say. Um, I think that's everything for me right now. Gabe, yeah, watch parties, Crystal Lake every week. Uh, my other podcast, Buffy Boyfriends, all three of my wonderful guests and slash co-hosts here today have been on. Um, I'm about to record Surprise and Innocence, major uh, turning point in the show. Um, lol, okay, uh, edic time. What are we <laughs> thinking? Uh, Jam Jam, to me, it just feels like the answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like Jam Jam or bust. Yeah, point. I mean... I tweeted about this, but the fact that it, I mean, I this to me it almost makes me feel like it's like too good to be true. But the fact that like literally we got the family letters and the first thing we do once that's like been doled out is like let's go to Jam Jam and get Jam Jam's entire family package right now because he didn't get to read a letter. That's like the first priority on the editor's minds, which is very telling. Which I don't know, maybe that means he goes out in the jet like in the like Fallen Angel spot, but it's like. He also always gets to like talk through his strategy and uh, like how he's like digging himself out of like being on the bottom or getting votes. Like we always get to hear why he got votes and like his perspective on it. It just feels like jam jam. <laughs> yeah, like I always try to keep like okay, what are our other possible options? And they're setting up a revenge arc for Carolyn, so that really needs to pay off in a big way next episode. Um, because mm -hmm. it's like we only have a couple episodes left, and we need 
Like she needs to have something work out for her next episode to set up a kind of not an underdog narrative, but a revenge narrative. We've seen this before. Um, Mm -hmm. But looking at who else is left, it's like if it was like just Carolyn, like a viable edit, that would be, you know, that would be okay, cool. That's what we're getting. We're getting a revenge arc, comeback story, uh, kind of you know, finish for Carolyn and she, you know, defies the odds and and is able to be capes for herself despite having these setbacks. But with Jam Jam in the mix, I just, you know, there's, we can't close the door on that, but he, he unless he goes out next episode, um, I don't see it being anyone but him. Uh, but it's, it's Jam Jam and Carolyn with Jam Jam like way ahead at this point. Agreed. I do think that the family visit edit is very important in determining who wins like in 41 the they did the entire sanctuary family video thing um but they didn't show it because basically because erica (laughs) won and didn't go on the reward it feels (laughs) like um and then in 42 they showed it because marianne was there and i don't really remember 43 i try not to think about it um so i actually can't continue my analysis because i don't remember what occurred at that time but it does feel like it's a very important piece of the overall storyline for the major characters um and so i agree that like us hearing about jam's family based on nothing or like seeing him i feel like crying is a very important thing on survivor in the right moments um, and I feel like there are people who are like, no, Jam Jam's the Jesse, Jam Jam's the like final boss kind of person. But I just feel like, and this happened with Carla too last season, where there's just like an X factor they put in the edits of the people who like actually win versus the people who don't. And like they, Carla and Jesse just like, they never felt real to me. Like they never felt like they were actually the peop- the the real winner based on like I don't even know what it is, but I, I mean, for me, it was like Jesse, like just kind of appeared in the premiere, like he was not properly introduced. Whereas with Jam Jam, uh, is he the only person left who had a Matt talk with Jeff? It's like, which is also a pattern in Edgic now. Yeah, it's he like, is. If, so it's like, okay, it's just like all, unless they've like, they're playing like 5D chess with us where they set up these patterns in the first three seasons of the new era and now they're going to like flip them all on their head again. It's like, I just think they are happy that Jam Jam won and they're going to celebrate that. <laughs> um, and I'd love that. Same. But I feel like I always say that and I feel like it's going to end up being like, I don't even fucking know who else. Uh, like Lauren. Period. I mean, I would love. <laughs> but it's like, I feel like if it's Carolyn's revenge arc, then it's like that would entail like getting rid of like the Tikas. And it's like the Tikas are clearly the most developed characters on the show so it would be so random if like jam jam and carson went out and like final seven and six and then the finale was just carolyn and others like that would be very bizarre especially it really it feels like to me the most developed finalists that we are sort of seeing to me are jam jam carolyn and jamie like i really feel like that's Mm -hmm. the final three in my mind uh and not just in my fantasy that's what i actually think um like it just feels like those are the people like i I see all of the arguments that are happening at tribal and then it just feels like that is who we're gonna see at the end it does feel like carson probably losing fire making question mark um and it seems like that would be a fun end of the season If, if jamie carolyn and jam jam all got to the end I'm thrilled. Like, there's no there's mm. no outcome of that that I'm pissed about. We right. need Jamie final tribal council performance. I like yes. can't even imagine. <laughs> it's like, vital. 
I like I everything that comes out of her mouth makes me laugh. And so an entire 20 minute segment where she's speaking to like people who are mad that she's there and that they're not can only spin gold. Um, and I'm excited about that possibility. And I mean, it, it doesn't feel like Lauren, Heidi or Danny to me are really being given the time a finalist would have. Um, and so I just don't see it for them. I know that people were talking about Heidi early in the season because she made fire in the finale, but I just feel like she, there's not enough of there there to like even see her at the end. Honestly, it's like she to me feels like a makes the finale person. But it's like I feel like if anyone is the Jesse or the Carla, whatever you want to like, whatever the dragon who needs to be slain, it would be Carson. Like you're saying, like he's set up to be a strategic powerhouse and like he's always making the right moves. And like, I feel like that makes more sense to me than Jam Jam as that person. Um, Cause Jam Jam has depth and Carson to like the edit has given Carson little depth, I would say, or at least comparably. The, the storyline that Carson has is that he's a super fan and he's chaotic at times. And I do feel like <laughs> the chaos thing hasn't fully paid off yet. Like they, they brought it up this past episode and they brought it up in like his first tribal, but I really, like, and some people are talking about like, maybe Carson puts himself into the fire making and then loses, which I feel like would be oh a, super fan, a chaotic <laughs> super fan thing to do. Um, and like, I, I, it's like, that seems foreseeable. Seems possible. Yeah. I, they do keep showing him with the fire reflected in his glasses, but I feel like every time we know someone is associated with fire, they never actually do fire making. <laughs> I agree, but they're going like above and beyond with Carson. Like, I feel like usually with this kind of thing, it's like, oh my God, they made fire once in episode three. That means that they're going to the fire making. But like, they've done, they've done it numerous times already and it's in the preview for next week with Carson. So like, they're building it up. And they showed him with his gross pants that looked like he peed himself standing <laughs> over the fire. Like, why? There was no reason to show us that other than to like make the fire connection. Ooh, yeah. But the, those are basically all my Edric thoughts. I'm excited. It, yeah. It's kind of like we even said it really early in the season that it's like sort of like Ghost Island, Jam, but with Jam Jam and Carolyn. Literally. And I feel like that's just continued paying, like paying, like coming through. Like, but also like way more exciting than Ghost Island because in Ghost Island it was like the players themselves knew it was Wendell and Dom, and they still did not do anything about it. <laughs> like, at least here it's like Carolyn and Jam Jam are like in a like middle position but they're not like literally dictating every vote they don't even always work together it's like it's a very different story from ghost island which was a snooze fest absolutely i feel like i had one more thing to say based off of that oh well if it is like ghost island we like the show was telling us that dom was the like i don't know like they were like giving dom like one percent more of the strategic like decision making things mm -hmm. so and then Wendell won so maybe Carolyn does win even though Jam Jam is like the front runner yeah, yeah. like I really like it it's I feel like the next episode and into the finale I'm I can't close the door I all the way because like it could just as easily setting up as like a Jam Jam makes some like critical mistake in underestimating right. Carolyn and this is her comeback because that has been a theme of Carolyn being underestimated and they could, that can either go of showing the viewer like she played a really solid game and the jury just didn't see it or um, or she played a really solid game and the, and the players in the game didn't see it and that's how you know she makes it so 
I still think the case is stronger for Dam Dam based on what we've seen, but it, I could see a scenario where it's like flipped um, to like support a Carolyn win of like, JJ played a great game, but he had a huge blind spot when it came to Carolyn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be down with Carolyn being the Cassidy who actually gets to win. <laughs> it feels yeah. like the, the editors of 43 were like, look at this amazing game that Cassidy is playing. It sucks that the jury did not vote for <laughs> to me what the story was of 43. Uh, yeah. Oh, I just love our little lenses that we see the world through. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like why I don't, I could go all day about like why it seems like to me the editors also wanted Cassidy to win, but it's whatever. I love projecting them to people. Um, any other edgy thoughts before we move to the final segment of the show? Okay, well, so it is... <laughs> well, we don't really have a full name for this, but it is time for Gay Tribal Council. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Gabe, we're doing... We're playing a little game at the end where we, we're switching it around, but if there's something about this episode that you wanted to vote out of the episode... Uh, what would it be? We could give you some time to think about it. If Derek or Christine, you have something. We're voting something out this time. You said instead voting of voting something out of so of Survivor, Survivor, okay. sort of. Um, okay, so this today. Okay, what do I want to vote out? Um, I would like to vote out. Um, I guess boring challenges. Right? We this has been like a thing that's been the topic of discussion um i'm just like tired of them please just switch it up like you can save money like i said before on like doing social interaction ones we've seen it before they're fun people love them please just do them they're amazing please listen to us i'm not even against the challenges they did in this episode literally just the puzzle like i feel like Like, cause the all they had a bunch of really fun challenge elements on this episode with the spinny thing onto the net rope or the like the kink at pride uh <laughs> jeff probst dungeon tied kink up pride. Uh, <laughs> sort of moment uh which i feel like is fun also agreed it's like the, you can do this i think my vote out it's pretty simple i just want danny gone like i know oh. like but it's it's his time I'm I'm really hoping we just Whoa. get a satisfying <laughs> downfall next episode i've just been he was camp he slayed a bit um, but it, his time has, as my mom said, t- time yes, time to go. Um, it's I'm just he's he's overstayed his welcome for me. Uh, get out of here. Well, I need um, Carolyn to um, Nally Anderson and have Jamie be her Jeremy and be like, yes. Jamie, did you did you vote for who I told you to? <laughs> and she she idles out Danny, and the evil will be defeated. Yes, that's the perfect outcome. <laughs> it's what we deserve, honestly. I am voting out like <laughs> it's hard for me to put into words, but like juror neutrality. Like if they're gonna have Kane there and Jamie's gonna like reference something specifically about him, I feel like he should be allowed to respond, <laughs> even though like I know that goes against the rules of the game, but it's like that's on them. Maybe you have the jurors watch clips or something, but like it's funny where they're just like, they have to just not say anything, but then sometimes the jurors are allowed to say things and they're like, oh my god! Or like, they're like laughing, but it's like let let Jamie be proven correct, please. <laughs> Gabe, is there anything you would like to vote out of Survivor? 
I'm just one upping Christine. Just, you know, I need that man off my TV. All right, so we have a plurality here. Yes. He's gone. Two, Two one, one, one vote. Yeah, we, 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 yeah, <laughs> we, we, we have the majority. Um, we will not see him on our TV next week. Finally, a two-on-one vote in U.S. Survivor, and it's to the bitter chairs voting out uh, a Danny from our televisions. We did that. Um, I will also say that I really don't even believe what I tried to vote out, but you know, it's fine. Um, <laughs> lovely. Uh, I have no more thoughts. Feel like I've really plumbed the depths, as they say. Yeah, I think I'm I'm good. I just yeah, like I said, this I think maybe the most enjoyable episode season for me. Just I was laughing a lot. I enjoyed. Um, I really didn't know which way the vote was going to go, just because Freddie felt so obvious, and I was bummed that the obvious outcome happened. But um, still enjoyed everything. The journey leading up to it. Derek, you're muted. Ahem. Ahem. <laughs> yes, I was just saying. Sometimes the most obvious boots are the best episodes. This is a, a proven fact. I agree. I feel like both this episode and the Kane episode, it's not like the vote out was like massive or shocking based on what we were presented, but it was still like a really, really fun week of TV. Agreed. They ate. Period. Queen down. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you, Gabe, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, see you all next week for more Slave Ivor. Bye. 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 Bye.